Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursalin Nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Amma ba'd assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Allahumma anfa'na bima'allamtana wa'allimna ma'yanfa'una Wa'urzuqna ilman tanfa'una bih Amin ya rabbal alamin Alhamdulillah Thumma alhamdulillah We're continuing once again With the fiqh al-asma'il husna Fiqh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's most beautiful names. The next name that the Shaykh Abdul Razak al-Badr hafizahullah ta'ala mentions in his book is Al-Qahir and Al-Qahar. Al-Qahir and Al-Qahar. Al-Qahir is translated as the irresistible, the irresistible, and Al-Qahar is the prevailing. Al-Qahar is the prevailing. The name Al-Qahar is found in six ayat of the Qur'an which we will mention. And the name Al-Qahir in two places of the Qur'an. Number one in Surah Al-An'am verse 18. Where Allah says, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ وَهُوَ الْحَكِيمُ الْخَبِيرُ And in Surah Al-An'am verse 61. Allah says, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ وَيُرْسِلُ عَلَيْكُمْ حَفَظَهِ Both, both ayat in Surah Al-An'am 18 and 61. Allah says, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ And he is Al-Qahir. The irresistible or the subjugator who is above his slaves, who is over or above his slaves. Al-Qahar is similar to Al-Qahir, it's just in the emphatic form of the verb. Like we said, Al-Razik and Al-Razzaq. Right, we've spoken about this Khaliq and Khalaq, emphatic form of the verb. So, the meaning of these names is again the one who he prevails over everything. It's similar to Al-Jabbar, the meaning of, one of the meanings of Al-Jabbar, one of the meanings of Al-Aziz. It's similar to Al-Ghalib. It's similar to those names, Al-Qahir and Al-Qahar. He is prevalent, or he prevails over all. He is compelling over all of his creation. All of creation is in need of him. Uh, and they turn and they seek whatever they, they have from him. And what we find that this description of Allah Azza wa Jal, Al-Qahar, we see it is in, or this name of Allah is in six places of the Qur'an. We look at some of them and end off inshallah. The first one is found in Surah Yusuf, where we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nullifies shirk and those who they call upon or worship from besides him. Where Yusuf alayhi salam said to the people in jail that was with him in the prison, Ya sahib al-sijini a'arbabu mutafarriquna khayrun amillahu al-wahil al-qahar Oh my companion in this prison are the many lords, different lords, various types of lords better or is Allah al-wahil al-qahar better? Al-wahid the one and only, al-qahar the, the prevailing or the irresistible one, who is better? In Surah Yusuf verse 39 to verse 40 ما تعبدون من من دونه إلا أسماء سميتموها أنتم وآباؤكم ما أنزل الله بها من سلطان. Then Yusuf said to them that which you call upon and worship from besides him is nothing but words and names that you people have mentioned. And it is no benefit. It's just word names you're calling out. They cannot hear you, benefit you, or anything. وآباؤكم وآباؤكم ما أنزل الله بها من سلطان. Likewise, your forefathers the same. It's just words which Allah gave no authority over. Allah revealed no authority for this. In al-hukmu illa lillah, indeed, 
the ruling belongs to Allah, the decision it belongs to Allah. Allah commanded that you worship Him alone. That is the correct religion. But most people know not. In this is a putlanu shirk, is a nullification of shirk. Where Allah says, Arbabun khayrun. Are all of those lords that you call upon? Mutafarrikun means those different types of gods that you have. Trees, stones, people, idols, angels, jinn. All of these things that the different people worship, are all of them together better? Or is one Allah, Al-Wahid, Al-Qahar better? Meaning that of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is better. Al-Wahid, Al-Qahar. So in this context the word Al-Qahar is used to prove, to disprove shirk. To basically disprove shirk that only Al-Wahid Al-Qahar is worthy of worship. Al-Wahid Al-Qahar is worthy of worship. You will find something similar in Surah Al-Ra'd verse number 16. Something similar in Surah Al-Ra'd verse 16 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again uh, speaks against the mushrikeen and proving that all worship and ikhlas would be for only Allah Al-Wahid Al-Qahar. Surah Al-Ra'd verse 16 you will find a similar Context was similar uh, meaning behind the name and the context in which Al-Qahar is revealed. The third example is found in Surah Ibrahim, the end of Surah Ibrahim, verse 48 to 51, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses it as a threat and a warning and a promise against the kuffar and the mushrikeen that they are going to be destroyed. That they are going to be destroyed and what they will wear of... Um, Garments of punishment and so forth. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, On that day, the earth will be replaced with another earth and the heavens will be replaced with another heaven. And you will all come out prevailing, prevalent in front of Allah, Al-Wahid, Al-Qahar. The one, the prevailing. Ibrahim 48 to 51. And you will see the criminals, the mujrimin, on that day bound together in shackles. Their garments of liquid pitch and their faces covered with fire. On that day, Allah will reward. Each person with what he earned. Inna Allah sari'ul hisab. Indeed Allah is swift to take into account. So again in this context, a warning. You're going to come in front of Al-Wahidul Qahar. Al-Wahidul Qahar, the one, the prevailing. Um, in the fourth Surah Sad, verse 65 to 66, Allah says, Say I am only a warner. And there is no ilah except Allah, Al-Wahid Al-Qahar. There is no ilah for you. There is none to worship for you except Al-Wahid Al-Qahar. Again, to establish Tawheed. To establish worshipping for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Also you find this in Surah Zumar verse 3 to 4. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءِ مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَى That those who take from besides Allah and awliya, a protector, they do not worship him, or they say that we do not worship them, except to bring us closer to Allah. Inna Allah Allah says, indeed, he will judge between them. 
that which they differed over. In Allah, la yahdi man huwa kathibun kafar. Indeed, Allah does not guide the one who is a liar and a disbeliever. So those people worshipped other than Allah, they said, like tawassul, via the dead and so forth. Allah says they are, he does not guide them because they are lying and they are disbelieving people. At the end of that next ayah, Allah says, لَوْ أَرَادَ اللَّهُ يَتَّخِذَ وَلَدًا لَاسْطَفَى مِمَا يَخْلُقُ مَا شَاءُ سُبْحَانَهُ هُوَ اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدُ الْقَهَارُ Allah is free from this. And also the ayah speaks about if Allah were to take a son, He would have chosen from that which He created, whomsoever He wants. But subhanahu, Allah is too perfect for that. This cannot, cannot happen. He's too great for that. He's too perfect for that. And He is Allah al-wahid al-qahar. The one, the prevailing. The one... The prevailing. All of that, that, that before that's the, the shirk. Partners with Allah, a son with Allah. Subhanahu Allah al-wahid al He's too great for that. So this name again is used to emphasize tawheed and to nullify uh, shirk. In Surah Ghafid verse 16 to 17 is the last example. Where Allah says, يَوْمَهُمْ بَارِزُونَ Again similar to the one in Surah Ibrahim. Surah Ghafid verse 16, Allah says, يَوْمَهُمْ بَارِزُونَ On that day they will again come out in the open, prevailing in front of Allah. La yakhfal ala Allahi minhum shay. Nothing will be hidden to Allah from amongst them. Limanil mulkul yawm. To whom does the kingdom belong today? Lillahi al-wahid al-qahar. It belongs to Allah al-wahid al-qahar. The one, the only, the prevailing. So again, this ayah is used here to show nothing is hidden from him. Everything will come out to him. And to whom does the kingdom be? It will be said to them. When everybody comes out, nothing's hidden, nobody's hidden away. To whom does the kingdom belong today? Who's in charge? Who's in control today? Lillahi al-wahid al-qahar. Allah says it belongs to Allah alone. Al-wahid, the one and only. Al-qahar, the prevailing. Al-yawma tujza kullu nasu bima kasabat. La dhulma al-yawm. Inna Allah sari'u al-hisab. On that day, again, each person will be rewarded that which he earned. La ظُلْمَ yawm. There will be no oppression today. No injustice, no wrongdoing today. Indeed, Allah is swift to take account. So again, this name Al-Qahar is for all of creation. That he overcomes all of them. He is prevailing over all of them. And all of them are, you, are humbled and humiliated in front of them. Especially on the day of Qiyamah. Especially on the day of Qiyamah when... The eyes will be humbled for Allah. The Quran says that the eyes will be humbled in front of Al-Hayyul Qayyum. Um, so if you look at all six ayat wherein this name Al-Qahar is mentioned, we see it's always mentioned with which name? Al-Wahid. It's always mentioned with the name Al-Wahid. So Al-Wahid has to be Al-Qahar and Al-Qahar is always Al-Wahid. They are Synonyms, they go together. So the one who is one and unique, he is always qahar, he's always prevailing. And the one who is prevailing, he's always one. There's, there cannot be two prevailers. Only one being can prevail over everything. If you look at creation, you get the humiliated people. We have someone who is prevailing over them. Right? Someone in charge over them. Someone above them. But as you go up the scale, there's always someone that's above the, the next person. If you think of a country, you get, you know, the beggars, the poor people, the, the bottom of the ladder. You go above them, there's a certain status. You go above them, you know, 
next level of people. Then you get the rich people, then you get the bosses and the managers, then you get the ministers, then you get to the president of the country. And then you get the mafia that's on top of him, or the gangsters. And on top of them, who prevails over them? Other people from other countries. Until you get up this hierarchy in the world, until you find on top, who's on top? The biggest tyrant of all. Is they pulling the strings, what's happening in the world. But on top of them, there's still someone else, who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there can only be one that's prevailing over everything. He can only be one. That's why Allah uses the word qaharut wahid. It has to be one, and he can only be one. Because you can't be two prevailers. One that rules over every, everything is subdued unto him. Unto him. So al-wahid al-qahar is used together all the time in the Quran, all six places, to prove that al-qahar can only be one, and that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And al-wahid, he has to, all, the one who is alone by himself, he's wahid, he's unique, he must also be qahar over everything. He is also prevailing over everything. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses those two names like that together, al-wahid and um, Al-Qahar and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. The next name that the Shaykh Abdul Razak al-Badr hafizahullah ta'ala mentions in his book is the name Al-Warith. Al-Warith. Wow, Alif, Ra, Tha. Warith. Al-Warith. Tha, Tha. Al-Warith. This is translated as the inheritor or the successor. The successor. And this name is found once, sorry, three places in the Quran. This name is found in three places in the Quran. Firstly, in Surah Al Hijr, verse number 23, Allah Azza wa Jalla says, وَإِنَّا لَنَحْنُ نُحْيِ وَنُمِيتُ وَنَحْنُ الْوَارِثُونَ 23 of Surah Al-Hijr. So Allah says, And indeed, we are the ones who give life, وَنُمِيت, and death, وَنَحْنُ الْوَارِثُونَ And we are the successors, or the inheritors. Another example is found in Surah Al-Anbiya, verse number 89. Surah Al-Anbiya, verse number 89. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَزَكَرِيَّا إِذْ نَادَ رَبَّهُ رَبِّ لَا تَذَرْنِي فَرْدًا وَأَنْتَ خَيْرُ الْوَارِثِينَ And Zakariya, when he called his Lord and said, رَبِّ لَا تَذَرْنِي فَرْدًا Do not leave me childless. وَأَنْتَ خَيْرُ الْوَارِثِينَ Whilst you are the best of successes. Anbiya 89. And in Surah Al-Qasas, Surah Al-Qasas, verse 58, Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَكَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا مِنْ قَدِتٍ بَطِرَتْ مَعِيشَتَهَا فَتِلْكَ مَسَاكِنْهُمْ لَمْ تُسْكَمْ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا وَكُنَّا نَحْنُ الْوَارِثِينَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And how many cities or villages who were insolent or living in luxury and comfort did we destroy 
فَتِلْكَ مَسَاكِنُهُمْ They are their dwellings. لَمْ تُسْكَمْ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Which have not been inhabited after them except briefly. وَكُنَّا نَحْنُ الْوَارِثِينَ And we are the, the successors. That's Surah Qasas, verse 58. So the meaning of Al-Warith, the meaning of this name Al-Warith is Al-Baqi, the one who remains after all of creation have left, all of creation have passed on. Al-Warith is the one who remains behind. Because everything besides him will leave, will pass on. Everything besides him will perish. كل من عداه فان ها كل من عليها فان everyone will perish ويبقى وجه ربك ذو الجلال والإكرام except the face of your Lord ذو الجلال والإكرام the owner of Jalal and honor majesty and honor so he Allah subhanahu he is الحي الذي لا يموت he is the ever living who never dies. Al-Baqi al-Ladi la yazul. He remains and he will never leave. And unto him is the finality. Unto him is the end result. Unto him is the return. He removes all of the kingdom, all of the kings. And he inherits everything. He inherits everything. So whatever is left behind, it belongs to who? Allah. Who is the final inheritor? The one who will inherit? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is al-warith. Al-warith means the one who is going to inherit. A successor. He is the successor. He is the inheritor. He will get because he is the ultimate one who remains at the end. So he is the ultimate inheritor. The ultimate successor. Understand? We look at the ayah. In Surah Al-Hijr, verse 23, which we mentioned, وَإِنَّا لَنَحْنُ نُحْيِ وَنُمِيتُ وَنَحْنُ الْوَارِثُونَ And indeed, we are the ones who give life and give death, and we are the successors. Meaning, نَرِثُ الْأَرْضَ وَمَنْ عَلَيْهَا We are the ones who inherit the earth and whatever is upon this earth. Because we have given death to every single creature and to every single thing upon the earth, such that nothing will remain alive. So therefore, everything that remains will remain to who? Al-Warith. Al-Warithun. As Allah says, we are the inheritors. Also in Surah Maryam, verse 40, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَرِثُ الْأَرْضَ وَمَنْ عَلَيْهَا وَإِلَيْنَا يُرْجَعُونَ Indeed, we will inherit the earth. And whatever is upon the earth, وَإِلَيْنَا يُرْجَعُونَ And to us will they return. And in this, the Sheikh says, is a warning. In this ayah, there's a warning and a reminder for every person who has been distracted by the dunya, for every person who buzzes himself with the dunya, such that he forgets why he was created, for the reason that he was created, that he was brought into existence. This, this is what happens in the dunya, isn't it? We get distracted. We get you know, distracted by all of the dunyawi matters and affairs and issues and goals that we have, such that many a times we forget our ultimate goal. 
and our purpose in life, our purpose in this dunya, why Allah put us here in the first place. This is a reminder for us because whatever is in this world, from the first of it to the last of it, will leave. It has to go. And who will remain? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remain. Al-Warith will remain and everything will ultimately then return to him and belong to him. He will inherit and be the successor of every single thing. And after that, he gives us life once again and we meet Allah Azza wa Jal. And then if we did well, we will see good. And if we did not do well in this dunya, we will not see a good end result. May Allah protect us. <clears throat> the Shaykh then mentions a khutbah or a part of a khutbah from Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah was one of the famous khalifas who came later on after the time of the Sahaba he was known as a righteous man and a very pious man and a great scholar Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah in his final khutbah that he gave before he passed away. He did the hamd, praised Allah, etc. And he said, Amma ba'd. Fa'innakum lam tukhliku abatha walan tutriku sudda. Usudda. He says, Indeed, you, O people, have not been created abatha for no use. Nor have you been left in vain. وَإِنَّ لَكُمْ مَعَادًا But indeed you have a appointed time in which Allah will descend to judge between you and to distinguish between you. فَخَابَ وَخَصِرَ مَنْ خَرَجَ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ And he says, destitute and lost is the one who has forsaken or lost or been expelled from the mercy of Allah. وَحَرَّمَ جَنَّتَهُ عَرْضَهَا السَّمَاوَةُ وَالْأَرْضُ And forsaken is this person or lost and destitute is a person who has been excluded from Allah's paradise, from paradise. The borders of which are wide like the heavens and the earth. Like the distance between the heavens and the earth, like the total distance within from the top heaven to the earth. This is how you Jannah is. But lost is the one who will be expelled or who will be prohibited from entering Jannah. And he said, Do you not know that there is no protection tomorrow except for the one who takes warning today and he fears today? We understand what's meant by this? Tomorrow meaning the Akhirah. Today meaning this dunya. There's no protection in the Akhirah except for the one who takes the warning now. He takes heed now. And he has fear now. He fears Allah appropriately now. And for the one who sells that which is short-lived for that which is permanent. And he sells that which is small for that which is great. And he sells that fear 
for protection. Ala tarawna annakum min aslabil halikin. And he said to them, people, do you not see and not consider that you are from the descendants of those who have perished? We are your forefathers. They have perished. وَسَيَكُونُ مِنْ بَعْدِكُمُ الْبَاقِينَ حَتَّى تُرُدُّونَ إِلَىٰ خَيْرُ الْوَارِثِينَ And after you, there will be others who will come. After you leave, others will come and take your place. And they will remain for a short time. Until all of you return to خَيْرُ الْوَارِثِينَ The best of inheritors. Until all of you return to the best of successes. Yani, everything will then be destroyed and everything will be belong everything will then belong to Al Warith, the successor and the inheritor. Thumma innakum fi kulli yawmin. And then he said that indeed all of you on yani, every day you follow Tashayun Utushayun Ghadian Waraihan illahi Azzawajal. You follow that janazah of such and such a person and of so and so who is returning to Allah this person has loved his life he spent his time until you bury him in a hole in the ground في بطن صدع غير ممهد ولا موسد he says you will bury him in a bare hole, which is unfurnished. قَدْ فَارَقَ الْأَحْبَابِ وَبَاشَرَ التُّرَابِ This person that you bury has left his loved ones behind and he has now met the turab, the earth, the sand. وَوَاجَهَ الْحِسَابِ And he is now facing his hisab, his reckoning and his account. And he is now left alone Dependent on his deeds and his actions bi'amali. Ghaniyun amma tarak. Free of need or free from that which he has left behind. Whatever is left behind in the dunya, he's left him. He doesn't need it. He's not in need of it. It will not benefit him. He's now free from those things. Whatever is left behind in the dunya, he's now dependent on his actions. Faqirun ila ma qaddam. And he's now dependent and in need of what he has put forth. Whatever is put forth of our amal is now in need of that. That's what's going to benefit him. Whatever is left behind in the dunya is of no benefit to him. فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ عِبَادَ اللَّهِ قَبْلًا قَضَاءَ مَوَاثِقَهُ So he said, Fear Allah, our slaves of, of Allah, before the time that he has appointed for you is up. وَنَزُولُ الْمَوْتُ بِكُمْ And before mawt, Descends upon you. And then he took the bottom of his rida, which is his garment, his waist wrapper, his lower garment, and he covered his face. فَبَكَى وَأَبْكَى مَنْ حَوْلَهُ He covered his face and he started to weep. And all those around him, they wept. This was from the last khutbah given by this great Imam, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz Rahimahullah. The reason the Sheikh mentions it is full of great benefit, full of beauty. And it mentions obviously the name Al-Warith, Khairul Warithin. So he included in the chapter 
Wallahu a'lam. But in it is a reminder that our time is limited. We are going to a place which is an appointed time which has to come. It has to come and we don't know when it's coming. So we need to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before that time comes. Whatever we leave behind in the dunya will not benefit us. What's going to benefit us is our deeds that we leave that will, that will benefit, us, benefit us in the graves. Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Then the Shaykh moves on and he says that Allah Azza wa Jal has encouraged his believing slaves to do nafaqah in the path of Allah, of the money and the wealth that they have, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon them. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has given them as for them to inherit this dunya. And by reminding them that he is the warith, the ultimate warith, the ultimate inheritor. So if you look at Surah Al-Hadid, verses 7 to 10, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Aminu billahi wa rasulihi, believe in Allah and, in, and his messenger, and spend from that which he has given you, or made you from the inheritors of this earth. Yani Allah has given you all these things to make you an inheritor of the earth. So spend of those things which he has given you. And those who believe from amongst you and, and give and spend, they will have a great reward. And up until the 10th verse, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And what is the matter with you that you do not spend in the path of Allah? What's wrong with you? Why? What stops you? What's preventing you? What is the matter with you that you do not spend in the path of Allah? And then Allah says, وَلِلَّهِ مِيرَاثُ السَّمَاوَةُ وَالْأَرْضِ And to Allah belongs the inheritance of the heavens and the earth. To Allah belongs the inheritance of the heavens and the earth. So why are you withholding? Why do you not spend? Firstly, He's given it to you to, to inherit the earth. So that you can be an inheritor of the earth. But, why are you withholding? Because, ultimately, it still belongs to Allah. Ultimately, it's going to go back to Him. So, spend in the path of Allah now, and it will benefit you in your life and in the year after. In your life and in the year after. In a hadith in Sahih Muslim, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in fact, it's narrated by a man, Abdullah ibn Shikhir, he said, I came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam whilst he was reciting Al-Hakumut Takathur. The Surah, Al-Hakumut Takathur. Right? Which basically means Al-Hakum At-Takathur. At-Takathur is abundance has distracted you. That's what the ayah means. Abundance has distracted you. Whether it's wealth, whether it's Right? This is what's distracting people. This is what's driving people. This is what people's... This is the concern of people. Until you, you visit and you enter away. The graves. This is what's distracting you. Up until you enter the... The graveyards or the graves. Then you will know, Allah says. And then, indeed, you will know. If only you knew 
that true knowledge, ilm al yaqeen or certainty. La tarawunna al jaheem, that you will see the jaheem, the fire. Thumma la tarawunna and then you will see it with the true eye of certainty then they will ask on that day where is the pleasure where is the delight but what led you here you've been distracted by abundance looking for more and more and more of this dunya more of wealth more of this more of that so the Prophet was reciting the Surah Al-Hakum Al-Takathur and then he said he made a statement and he said Yaqul ibn Adam the son of Adam he says Mali Mali my wealth my wealth this is what people say the Prophet is making a statement he says people often say Mali Mali my money my wealth my money my wealth and he said وَهَلْ لَكَ يَبْنَ آدَمٍ مِنْ مَالِكِ إِلَّا مَا أَكَلْتَ فَأَفْنَيْتَ And what do you have of wealth, O son of Adam, except that your wealth, which you eat, فَأَفْنَيْتَ You eat it and then it perishes. It's gone. أَوْ لَبِسْتَ فَأَبْلَيْتَ Oh, it's what you wear of clothing. فَأَبْلَيْتَ It gets worn out. أَوْ تَصَدَّقْتَ فَأَمْضَيْتَ or that wealth by which you spend, you give charity, and that will remain. That will remain. What does this mean? All that wealth you use in this dunya, you eat, it's gone. Spirit is gone. You, you, your clothing, give it some time, spirit is chuck it away. Give it, if you gave it away, alhamdulillah. If you threw it away, it's gone. And everything you look around you, you give it, it wears out, it goes. Except that which is given as a sadaqah. For that will remain. It remains where? In your scale of good deeds. And that will remain until qiyamah, until the akhirah. And this is the lesson that Rasulullah is giving. That what you really have a wealth. What's actually going to benefit you? What's really going to help your faith? And increase you? Not in this dunya, in the akhirah. That's the goal of the believer. So this is made clear by the Prophet that what is this wealth? This doesn't mean you must live as a pauper, that you mustn't earn money, no. Earn your money, be wealthy if you can be wealthy. But use the money in the, the path of Allah. You use the money in the path of Allah, it becomes a ni'mah for you. Noorun ala noor becomes a favor for you. And this is the person in the hadith it says, you are allowed to be jealous of him. A wealthy person that spends in the path of Allah and he gives. You are allowed to be jealous of him. Not envy him or hate him, but you are allowed to think, MashaAllah, I wish I could be similar to him. That I too, too could have and to give. Because that is a great bounty that Allah gives to certain people. There are people who don't have, but they wish they could give. And then there are people who have, and they hate to give. Or they struggle to give. Because the wealth is too beloved to them. It overcomes them. They love wealth. Allah says, Mal is money, it's wealth. They love mal, money and wealth. Extreme love. 
So they cannot part with it. They cannot give for the sake of Allah. So that person is a blessed person. To envy him is permissible. And the other person is the knowledgeable person or the reciter of the Quran who the knowledgeable person who acts by his knowledge and he teaches and so forth. It's permissible to be jealous of such a person with a healthy type of jealousy. Then Allah Azza wa Jal, He's Al-Malik, as we said before, He is the Al-Malik, is the owner of the heavens and the earth, and He's the owner of everything. And this proves to us, Al-Warith also proves to us that Allah is Al-Malik, that ultimately He owns everything, because He's going to go back to Him. He's going to inherit it at the end of the day. So who's the ultimate owner? It's truly Al-Malik, the owner of every, every single um, thing. Surah Al-A'raf 128, Allah says, Musa, Musa said to his people, Seek help from Allah and be patient. Indeed, this world belongs to Allah. He will give this earth, he will inherit this earth to whomsoever he wants from his slaves. And the end result will be for the believe, for the muttaqeen. But the point here is, it belongs to Allah. And He gives of it to whomsoever He wants. He decides who gets what. If he, as Al-Warith, He is the one who decides who will inherit what of this earth. And there are many such ayat where Allah speaks about this, um, but you suffice for that one. Even Al-Jannah, even Paradise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gives, he inherits it to whomsoever he wants to inherit it to. As Allah subhanahu wa says in Surah Maryam, verse 63, That is Al-Jannah, which we will inherit to our slaves, whomsoever was, he was fearful. For them, we will inherit this dunya. We will give it to them. Even the book of Allah. The book of Allah. This book of guidance and honor and success. Allah SWT chooses his slaves and he gives to them whom he wants. Same word, waratha. أورثنا. We will cause to inherit who الذين اصطفينا من عبادنا Those whom we choose from our slaves ثم أورثنا الكتاب We will cause the book to be inherited to whom we choose from our slaves فمنهم ظالم لنفسي Some of them they are oppressive to themselves ومنهم مقتصد Some of them they are balanced in the middle ومنهم سابق بالخيرات بإذن الله And then some of them they are Ahead, far ahead, leading the others, leading the pack with goodness. And this is by the will of Allah. Then Allah says, Indeed, that is a, a great bounty. That is a great bounty. This is Surah Fatir, verse 32. This is, a, this is Surah Fatir, verse 32. Which means all of the slaves of Allah, the believers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made them. And chosen them as an inheritor of the book. Every single person. But their levels differ. 
They are those who wrong themselves. They are major sinners. They've got good and they've got a lot of bad as well. They are the others who are ahead. Forerunners because of the goodness. Because of khayrat bi'idhnillah. But again, this comes from the awrath al-kitab al-vinastafayna. Allah says he causes the, this book to be inherited by the, his slaves whom he has chosen. So even this book of Allah and the knowledge of Allah is an inheritance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to whom he wants as al-warith. And then the Sheikh mentions that at tawassul with this name. How do we make tawassul with this name? That we ask with the name, Ya warith. Oh Allah, you are al-warith. It's part of the ayah, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمُ الْحُسْنَى فَدْعُوهُ بِهَا To Allah be known as the most beautiful name, so call unto him with those names. But what do you ask Allah for, for with this name? Success. Success. <coughs> if we look at the dua of Zakaria alayhi salam, وَزَكَرِيَا إِذْ نَادَ رَبَّهُ رَبِّ لَا تَذَرْنِ فَرْدَهُ when Zakaria he called on his Lord and he said, Rabbi, my Lord, la tadarni farda, do not leave me childless. Whilst you are the best of inheritors, the best of successes. Allah says, and we responded to him. We answered his dua. And we bestowed upon him or for him Yahya. وَأَصْلَحْنَا لَهُ زَوْجَهُ And we rectified the affairs of his wife. إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يُسَارِعُنَا فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ Indeed, they were of those who were hasty to perform good deeds. خَيْرَاتِ وَيَدْعُونَنَا رَغَبًا وَرَهَبًا And they called upon us in times of goodness and difficulty. Both times. رَغَبًا وَرَهَبًا In times of joy, ease and happiness and in times of difficulty. وَكَانُوا لَنَا خَاشِعِينَ And they were to us humble. They were full of humility. خُشُوع People were خاشعين. Allah describes them like this. This is why he responded to them. This is in Surah Al-Anbiya, verse 89 to 90. 89 and 90. And which if you see Surah Maryam, Allah also speaks about Zakaria and his dua. In the beginning of Surah Maryam, verse 5 and 6. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَهَبْلِي مِنْ لَدُنْكَ وَلِيَّ That he said, my Lord, provide or, or habli from Wahab, bestow upon me, bestow for me, habli or gift me, miladunka from you, waliya, a and a. Give me an a. He had no child. Yarithuni wa yarithu min al Yaqub, who will inherit from me and from the family of Yaqub. Wajalhu Rabbi radiya. And make him, my Lord, radiya, one who is pleasing unto you, a righteous slave of yours. So, the earth that's been, the inheritance that's spoken about in this ayat is inheritance of knowledge and of prophethood and of calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not the earth of money. This dua is referring to Allah as al-warith, calling unto al-warith, but what's he looking for? A successor of knowledge and da'wah and prophethood. Not necessarily. He's not looking for the inheritance of money. He's speaking about money. 
But yet he's using this name Al-Warith. وَأَنْتَ خَيْرُ الْوَارِثِينَ He's asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through these names. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted that dua of his prophet Zakaria alayhi salam and he made his wife waludan, fertile, after she was barren. And he provided and he gave him a son who was salihan, righteous, and Allah named him Yahya. Yahya. And Allah also made him a prophet from the prophets. Right? This prophet, this Nubuwa was inherited. And another example of this is which prophet? Zakaria. No, we spoke about Zakaria now. Wawaritha Sulaiman. Wawaritha Sulaimanu Dawood. Allah used the word Waritha again. Wawaritha Sulaimanu Dawood. Surah Namal Allah says that Sulaiman inherited from Dawood. What did he inherit? Prophethood. He inherited prophethood and the knowledge and the, the kingdom and so forth was inherited to Sulaiman from Dawood. No, that's not an inheritance necessarily. He basically asked Allah to send him as an assistant, supporter. Right? The point here is he made dua using this name Alwarith. How is it appropriate in this context? He is seeking an heir, an inheritor, a successor. And Allah is the best of successors. Allah is the best of inheritors. <coughs> Understand? And for this, he asked Allah, Ya Allah, you are warith. The best of inheritors, the best of successors, grant me an, an, a successor. Just like when we say, Ya Allah, you are Rahman. You are a Razak, grant me wealth. You are Rahman, grant me mercy. You are Ghaffar, grant me maghfirah, forgiveness. The same system. You are the best of inheritors, grant me an inheritor. And A, a successor, will follow on from me. This, is a, this was the dua that uh, Zakaria basically made using that name, Al-Warith. Any questions on this name? طيب, we move on to the next name which is Al-Mutakabbil. Al-Mutakabbil. Mim, Ta, Kaf, Ba, Ra. Mutakabbil. Which means the superior. It's translated as the superior. And this name is found in one ayah in the Quran, in Surah Al-Hashr again, verse 23. Al-Mu'min, So now we actually explained all those names in that ayah. We finally got to the all the names in the ayah. Right? Al-Malik, the king, Al-Quddus, the pure, Al-Salam, the perfect, Al-Mu'min, the bestower of faith, Al-Muhaymin, the all able. Al-Aziz, the exalted in might. Al-Jabbar, the compeller. Al-Mutakabbir, the superior. Subhanallah, amma yushrikun. And perfect is Allah over that which they associate with him. Surah Al-Hashr, verse 23. The name Al-Mutakabbir is a name which proves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes of grandeur, greatness and grandeur. Al-Kibriya and At-Takabbur of pride. 
and of lordship. That this is who Allah is. He's the Lord. He's al mutakabbir He's superior over every single thing. And this ta, the Sheikh says, the ta in mutakabbir the ta over there is for at-tafarud wal-ikhtisad, which basically means, this is now probably uh, this is an Arabic benefit, that if you add the ta in mutakabbir, it, it, it specifies this name. It limits the name to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Al-mutakabbir refers to him alone. So the attribute of kibriya, kibriya is that grandeur, that greatness, that strength of Allah is an attribute that is not befitting except for him. That is not befitting except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why there is so much punishment that is given out and promised to who? To the mutakabirin. The people who are arrogant and haughty and full of pride. They try to you know, raise themselves and think that they were on this level of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Qatada rahimahullah, he says that the meaning of al-mutakabbir is alladhi takabbar an kulli The one who is too great, superior against all evil or from all evil. Utakabbar an kulli and he is too great to perform any evil deed. He's too superior to perform anything that is evil or wrong or bad or unjust. Meaning, he's too superior to oppress his slaves. He's too superior to wrong them, to be evil towards them. Understand? This is what some of the Mufassirin, how they explain this name, Mutakabbir. So there's nothing that comes from him except good. Evil is never attributed to him. If Mutakabbir is too superior for this, he's too great for that. Understand? So what we find in this name, it basically speaks about, again, the greatness of Allah, the exalted nature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over his creation. That he subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is too great to resemble anything from amongst them, or that he be compared to anything. And also that he is too great to have any type of weakness or any defect. He is mutakabbir, superior, and he cannot do any wrong or any injustice. This is al-mutakabbir. And this, the Sheikh says, it includes thubut al-kamal lahu subhanahu ta'ala fi asma'ihi wa sifati wa fa'ali. This basically includes the perfection that belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his names, his attributes and his actions. This refers to his perfection again. Too superior. Too great to be compared, to have any weakness, defect, to be uh, to do anything wrong, to to do to oppress others. Allah subhanahu wa taala is superior, is above that, far above that. So we said that this takabur, this type of pride, this type of greatness, this grandeur, this lordship, is not befitting except for Allah subhanahu wa taala, because He is the King, and everything besides Him is 
ruled over, right? He's the king, he's the ruler. Everything besides him is ruled over. He is the Rabb, and everything besides him is Marbub. Right? He's the Lord over everything. Everything is Marbub. Ya Allah, do you translate Marbub? The one who's, who's ruled over, basically. And he's Al-Khaliq, the creator. Plus everything besides him is created. Tayyib. And we find that, what, what is the dhikr? Ya Allah. That we say in the ruku and the sujood, which mentions this attribute of kibriya. What's the dhikr? No. That's a different dhikr. Subuh Qudus does not mention kibriya. Subuh Qudus mentions subuh and Qudus. Mentions perfection and the pure. Rabbul malaikati wa ruh, the Lord of the angels and ar ruh, the soul, the spirit, Jibreel. I'm looking for the other one which mentions kibriya. Kibriya. Huh? In the ruku and the sujood, we said Rasulullah sallallahu used to say, Subhana dil. Ah. No. Subhana dil. Subhana dil. Jabaruti wal malakuti wal kibriyai wal adama. Right? It's the fourth time I'm saying it now. Fourth lesson we're mentioning it now. Act upon the knowledge. Subhana dil jabaruti wal malakuti wal kibriyai. Kibriyai wal adama. Rasulullah is to mention these attributes in the ruku' and the sujood. Perfection belongs to Allah, the owner of Jabarut, power, Al Jabbar, Wal Malakut, the owner of the kingdoms, Al Malik, Al Malik, Wal Kibriya, the owner of grandeur, Takabur, comes from Al Mutakabir and also the name Al Kabir, the great, or the grand. Al Kibriya is the owner of Kibriya, of grandeur, of greatness, of Pride and of greatness. Al Azim comes from his name Al Azim. Rasulullah is to make these adhkar in the sujood and in the ruku'. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is He, right? Purified against any weakness, as we said, Alladhi lahul mulk, to Him belongs the kingdom, to Him belongs tadbir, you know, managing of the affairs, and so forth. As for the slave, the created slave, what is his station? What is his rank? His rank is that of ubudiyah, servitude. That's his place. What's his place? You must know. We must know our place. Our place is, we are slaves of Allah. We are here to worship Him. Our place is humility. It's humbleness. It's to belittle ourselves. In front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His place is Al-Kibriya, Al-Azama, Al-Jabarut, Al-Malakut. He's the owner of those things. We are the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our ruku' and our sujood, we bow our heads. We put our heads on the ground. This is humiliation. Isn't it so? Imagine somebody comes to you and he puts his head on the ground in front of you. That's humiliation. Someone comes and he bows to you. It's a humiliation. But for the slave of Allah, this is an honor. This is an honor because he's doing it for his Lord. He's doing it for his Rabb. The one who's deserved of that ubudiyah. The one who's deserved of that humiliation. 
the one who is deserved of that belittlement of himself. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-muta'al, the exalted, al-jalali wal-ikram, and so forth. And then the Sheikh says, perhaps this is the secret. In why, in this ruku and the sujood, why do we say this takbir, for example, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. This is the secret to remind ourselves we're going down and up and down and up to please the greatest one. To remind, he is the greatest, he is the greatest. He is, to take out that arrogance, take out the pride, to take out the haughtiness, to take out all of that, you know, from our nafs and from our heart and from our minds, it's, it's only for Allah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And this is why in the Ruku and Sujood, the Prophet would say these things. Subhanahu Jabarut, Malakut, al Al-Adam. Praising Allah SWT excessively. So it can get into the heart of the slave. This is my station and that's the station of Allah. He is the owner of power, of kingdom, of grandeur and of greatness. My station, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar and so forth. But if the slave becomes wuti, wali'iyadu billah, we seek protection in Allah. Especially when we lose track of our goal, we start to worship other than Allah, or think that we are worthy of worship, then this truly is the worst of stations that, that the slave can reach. The greatest station when you're worshipping Allah. That's the station of honor as we said. The worst station we reach is of pride and arrogance and haughtiness. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised to destroy these people and to humiliate them fi dunya wal akhirah. So we look in many places in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises the, the mustakbirin, the, the, the arrogant ones, punishment. In Surah Ghafir verse 60, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ Indeed, those who are arrogant over my worship, they refuse to worship me. They will enter Jahannam, دَاخِرِينَ meaning humiliated and belittled, dishonored. أَلَيْسَ فِي جَهَنَّمَ مَثْوَى لِلْمُتَكَبِّرِينَ In Surah Zumar verse 60, Allah says, Is Jahannam not the abode of the mutakabbirin? Is it not the abode of the arrogant? It's indeed, it is the abode of the arrogant. What an evil abode will be the abode of the mutakabbirin. That's Surah Zumar verse 72. Surah Al-A'raf verse 36, Allah says, those who belied our ayat and they were arrogant over the ayat. They are the people of the fire and they will abide therein forever. Indeed, those who belay our ayat وَاسْتَكْبَرُوا عَنْهَا And they are arrogant regarding them. لَا تُفَتَّحُ لَهُمْ أَبْوَابُ السَّمَاءِ وَلَا يَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةِ The doors to the heavens will not be opened for them, nor will they enter Jannah. حَتَّى يَلِجَ الْجَمَلُ فِي سَمِّ الْخِيَاطِ Until the camel enters through the eye of the needle. فِي سَمِّ الْخِيَاطِ وَكَذَلِكَ نَجَزِ الْمُجْرِمِينَ And this is how we will reward the criminals. That's Surah Al-A'raf verse 40. Yani they will never enter Jannah. They will never, the door, they will never enter Jannah until the scammer can enter. Can it ever enter? It can never go through the, through the, the tip of the needle. <laughs> and Allah SWT also gave us examples. 
So on the one hand, we see the threats. We see the promise. This is what they will get. And on the other hand, he's given us examples of who? Iblis. Adu Allah. The main enemy of Allah. And the enemy of this deen and the enemy of the believers. Illa Iblis astakbara. Except Iblis. Istakbara. He was arrogant. Wakana min al kafirin. And he was of the disbelievers. Wastakbara huwajunuduhu fil ardbi gayl al haq. Fir'aun. He was arrogant, Allah says. He made his army. In this world, they were arrogant. Not upon the truth. For no good reason. Allah speaks about the people of Nuh. That Nuh said, I call them night and day. But they do not answer my dua except that they walk away. They fled away from me. Every time I invite them to that which will forgive them, they put their, their fingers in their ears, and they cover themselves with their garments, and they are persistent in what they want to do. And they were extremely arrogant. Look at the traits Allah is mentioning for all of these people. And the same about Ad. فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا Allah says they were arrogant in this dunya. People of Shu'ib, the same. People of Salih, the same. Allah mentions these traits for all of these people. What was the end result? Where did they end up? They were all destroyed. In this world, and they will be worst off in the akhirah. Allah musta'an. So the Shaykh, he ends off this chapter by saying that it's مِنْ عَجَبًا ثُمَّ عَجَبًا It's amazing and it's, he says it's even more amazing. That these people, these oppressive people, they were such fools. They fooled themselves so badly. How could they be pleased with themselves, he says? By being arrogant over the worship of Al-Wahid Al-Qahar. The one, the prevailing, Al-Qahar. How can you think you can prevail over Allah? The one and only the unique one. So, he speaks about, you know, how nonsensical this is to have this type of arrogance, to turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from his humility, to something that's a stone, to an idol made out of stone, to a tree, or to something created that's like you. He bleeds flesh and blood, he's in need of food and drink, he dies and he lives, he becomes weak and tired and fatigued. This is what they turn to. This is what they turn to instead. They turned away from Allah, the Anbiya came and invited them to worship Allah, the creator of everything. And they turned away to worship something created. And the Sheikh says there's nothing worse than this. There's no, you know, stupidity worse than this. This is the height of stupidity. And you think of all the great scientists and discoverers that came along. And discovered all these theories and sat day and night in the head in the books and studying and doing experiments and lab tests and they, they you know, coined this term and that theory in science and atheist. Atheist. What benefit was there to his life, to his work, to all of his hard, even we mention their names to till this day, Einstein did this and this one did that. What benefit is there for him? What Brain did he actually have if he could not understand that he has a creator? Wallahi, these were the, the, the most stupid of people. 
the most astray of people, worse than cattle. Worse than cattle that's walking in the streets and on the farms, etc. Because they did not know that they have a creator. That there is one supreme being. Allah Musta'an. وَإِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ شْمَأَزَّتْ قُلُوبُ الَّذِينَ لَأْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ Allah says when the oneness of Allah is mentioned, وَحْدَهُ The oneness of Allah is mentioned, then the hearts of those who do not believe in the Akhirah, it shrinks with aversion. They cannot stand it. Become angry, they become ruffled up, it shrinks with aversion. وَإِذَا ذُكِرَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ دُونِهِ إِذَا هُمْ يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ And when those who are worshipped besides Allah, other than Allah is mentioned, they become pleased and happy. And that applies to every mushrik. Every mushrik, whether he's supposed to be a believer or not, whether he's got a Muslim name or not, when you speak about Tawheedullah, worship one Allah, worship Allah alone, they, they become agitated. They become upset and angry. How can you speak against the awliya? How can you speak about the karamat? How can you speak about this? How can you deny this? You, all you are saying is worship Allah alone. What happens? They become upset and angry. Their hearts chilling to the version. But when you mention the other than Allah, you speak about going to the dead. You speak about going to this one, going to the yastabshirun. They become pleased with this. Allah subhanahu wa taala has mentioned this in Surah Zumar, verse forty-five. Inna umkan udakila lam la ilaha illallah yastakbirun. Allah then says, indeed they, when it is said to them, la ilaha illallah. Is that what they worship except Allah? Yes, takbirun. They become arrogant and proud and haughty. Yaqulun. And they would say, وَيَقُولُونَ أَإِنَّا لَتَارِكُ آلِهَتِنَا لِشَاعِرٍ مَجْنُونَ And they would respond and say, Are we to leave our gods for a mad poet? You expect us to leave our gods for a mad poet? This was the response to the Anbiya. And to this day, this is the response that the du'at will get. Person invited to Tawheed, that's the response. You expect us to give up this? You expect us to stop worshipping the dead? Stop going to this place? Stop doing this? Stop doing that? Because of you? Crazy person? And so forth. The same excuses that the kuffar of ancient times mentioned. The mushrikeen today will mention the same thing. Allahul Musta'an. That is in Surah Safat, verse 35 to 36. And then the Sheikh he says, Ala ma asfahaha min uqulin. He says, in reality, there's no one more stupid than these people. When it comes to intellect and brains, there is no one that's more astray and dumb than these people. We seek Allah's refuge from misguidance. And we ask Him subhanahu wa ta'ala and Yarzukana Dhul Lijani Bihi to give us that humbleness, that that belittlement of our nafs. To him, towards him. And to protect us from the path of the arrogant. He is alone. Blessed is he, the exalted. The one who bestows and the one who helps and assists. طيب I'm going to take my more name. No, no, there's still a few, a few to go. My goal is to finish just before Ramadan, but that's why I, I, I'm just scared we're not going to make it. 
Uh, I'll take one more name, inshallah. It's, it's not yet an hour, so. No, no. It's not. holidays. Um, the next name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is An-Nur. An-Nur. Nun wa Nur. Which means the light. Everybody knows Nur means light. This name is found in which ayah? Surah Nur, verse 35. Allahu Nuru Samawati wal Ard. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. And then the Sheikh basically says that when we speak about the Nur, that's mentioned in this ayah, <coughs> and other than it, then it's of four types. Firstly, Nur, which is the name of Allah. Firstly, Nur is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name in general, right? He is a Nur. Secondly, we also attribute Nur unto Him. We also attribute Nur unto Him, just like we attribute life. It's an attribute of His as well. Understand? Just like his attributes of life when he hears and he sees, those are his attributes. He also has the attribute of Nur. So it's a name and it's also, he has the attribute of, of light. He's described as being full of life, full of light, full of Nur. Understand? So his name is An-Nur and he has the attribute of being full of Nur. Like in a hadith, uh, the Prophet used to say, A'udhu bi nuri wajhik. I seek refuge in the nur of your face. I seek refuge in the nur of your face. So we know we can make dua via the attributes of Allah. So this is an attribute of Allah. The nur of Allah. His face is an attribute. And then the nur of his face is also an attribute. Understand? A'udhu bi nuri wajhik. I seek refuge in the nur of your face. And at times... Nur is also attributed to Allah's that, to Allah's essence, His being. وَأَشْرَقَتِ الْأَرْضُ بِنُورِ رَبِّهَا In Surah Zumar, Allah says in verse 69, وَأَشْرَقَتِ الْأَرْضُ That the whole earth will be lit up by the nur of its Lord. By the nur of its Lord. وَأَشْرَقَتِ الْأَرْضُ بِنُورِ رَبِّهَا In this ayah, nur is attributed to Allah Himself. To his, his makeup, his being, his, his essence. So number one, we said it's his name. Number two, it's an attribute of his. Number three, Allah's nur is also attributed to the heavens and the earth. Like we said, Allahu nur samawat wal ard. Allah is the nur of the heavens and the earth. And fourthly, Allah's hijab is also nur. What does that mean? Allah's hijab is nur. Right? He's covering. So there's a barrier that cannot be at the ins that the, that the creation cannot see through this barrier. Right? This barrier is nur. The hadith, Sahih hadith, where it says hijabuhun nur. His hijab is nur. It's light. Law kashafahu. If Allah was to remove or to open this hijab, this veil or this barrier, then the splendor of his face would consume or destroy his creation as far as the sight, 
of his creation can go. Yani that's that nur of his face, it will consume as far as the eye can see. Wallah, when you move this barrier, everything will be overcome with nur. Everything will be overcome with, with light. So four things we mentioned about Noor. Number one, it's his name. Number two, it's his attribute. Number three, it's attributed to the heavens and the earth. Nuru Samawat wal Ard. And number four, Allah's hijab is Noor. Allah's hijab, the barrier, is also Noor. Tayyib. The Noor of Allah's attributes, the Sheikh then says, is of two types. Noor hissi wa Noor ma'nawi. Noor hissi means that which is physical. For, so for example, when we said he is described with nur, that is something physical, that's, that's a part of him. It's a great nur. If you were to remove this, the barrier, everything will be lit up because that's how much nur he has. Right? So this is nur that is perfect. It's Allah's attributes of perfection. It's nur that is perfect. And we would not know about this nur except that the Prophet told us about this nur. It would be impossible to just describe Allah SWT like this. And also for us to understand this nur is beyond us. Because it belongs to Allah. It's beyond our understanding. And our, uh, our fathoming. <coughs> and the Sheikh says. That had the people in Jannah. Not been given. Perfect life. You know in Jannah there is no death. So they'll be given life, which is complete. Yani you'll never die once you enter Jannah. Allah has given them this. He will give them this. And He will assist them upon that. It's because of that favor that they will be able to see the face of Allah. So we know the fact that in Jannah, the greatest reward will be, and the greatest delight of the people of Jannah will be when they get to see Allah. Right? There will be various delights and happiness and joys in Jannah. The greatest of which is when the slave gets to see the face of Allah. On that day their faces will be glowing and bright. And to their Lord they are looking. Looking at their Lord. In the many hadith on this issue, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reveal himself like a full moon. On a clear night, that's how they will see Allah. Like a full moon on a clear night, that's how clear it will be. That they will get to see Allah. And Allah SWT will ask them, is there anything else I can give you? They will say, you've given us everything, you've given us your Jannah. There's nothing more that we can get. And then Allah will remove that hijab. Allah will remove that barrier. And this will be the greatest na'im, the greatest delight. لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُ الْحُسْنَ وَزِيَادَةً In the Quran Allah says لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُ الْحُسْنَ For those who did well, those who people of Ihsan, people of righteousness of Ihsan who did good, الْحُسْنَ will be for them. Husna means Jannah. They will get the best. Al-Husna is the best, which means Jannah. And then Allah says وَزِيَادَةً And more than that. More than the best. What does this mean? Al-Husna, the best is they'll get Jannah. And more than that, seeing the face of Allah. That's the tafsir of that ayah. The point here is, 
the only way that they can bear looking at this nur of Allah's face is because Allah has given them life that is perfect that will not die and Allah has given them the ability to see him but otherwise we would not be able to to see Allah if Allah were to remove the veil we would all be overcome with light and be destroyed because we will not be able to bear the light and the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sheikh says all of the nur that's found in the heavens is all from Allah's nur it's all a reflection from Allah's nur all of the nur is found in Jannah the width of Jannah is as we said from the the width between the heavens and the earth <coughs> all from the nur of Allah the nur of the arsh and the kursi and all of Jannah is from the nur of Allah this is a physical nur Right? We speak about no, this is a physical no, this is that physical no that we are speaking about. Um, the second type of no is a non-physical type. Ma'nawi. What does this refer to? Ma'nawi. Basically means a non-physical type. What does this no type refer to? This is the noor. That Allah puts in the hearts of the Anbiya and the righteous people, the believers and the Malaika. Allah gives them nur. Right? This is not necessarily a physical nur. This is a certain nur that you can see. It's a nur of Iman in the heart. It's a nur of knowledge of ilm. Proper, pure Islamic knowledge. That's nur. And the best of that knowledge is What's the best of Islamic knowledge? Nope. What is the best type of knowledge that we can acquire? That's not knowledge. Tawheed, yes. Which aspect of Tawheed? Which knowledge is the most honorable of knowledge? Think of what is knowledge? Knowledge is a science. Right? Oneness of Allah, yes. There's various types of you get knowledge of history, you get knowledge of grammar, you get knowledge of right, definitely what's up there with the best, knowledge of the Quran. But in the Quran you get different types of knowledge. In the Quran is history. In the Quran is information about Jannah, about Jahannam. In the Quran is stories of the past. In the Quran there is promises that's going to happen in the future. In the Quran there is reward for this and this good deed and that good deed and there's bad deeds mentioned, there's wajibat, there's fiqh in the Quran, there's ahkam, there's rulings mentioned for hunting, for inheritance, for talaq, for salah, zakah, fasting, all these things are in the Quran. To study the Quran is the best. Which part in the Quran is the best? Which parts of the Quran is the best part? We mention it every week. Which parts are the best parts? The attributes of Allah, the names and attributes of Allah are the best parts. Right? The Quran, yes, is the greatest. But which part of the Quran? We look at the subject matter. When we talk subject matter, we talk in history, we talk in punishment, we talk in reward, talking, you know, information about the future, we're talking fiqh, ahkam. And then there are parts of the Quran which speaks about Allah. Those parts are the best parts. Because the subject matter is Allah. 
If you are studying Allah, it's better than studying history. If you are studying Allah, it's better than studying grammar. If you are studying Allah Himself like we are doing right now, it's better than studying fiqh. As we're not saying it's not important. Those things, are, it's in its place, it's important. But the subject matter here outweighs that because you are now getting to know who Allah is. What is His name? What are His attributes? What does He do? What does He not do? What's His sunnah? What's His not? This is the greatest knowledge. You understand? So right in the first lesson, we would have spoken about this and throughout the, the, the course of Allah's name and attributes, we speak about it. The best knowledge is the knowledge of Allah. Wim said, knows Allah will love Him unconditionally. Um, and that is why, what's the evidence for this claim? I gave you a logical evidence, subject matter. The evidences here are, look at three things for example. What's the greatest ayah in the Quran? Ayah. Ayatul Kursi. What is the subject matter in Ayatul Kursi? It's from start to finish about Allah. What's the two best surahs in the Quran? Surah Al-Fatiha. The main part of the Fatiha is praising Allah, talking about Allah's names and attributes. And then, Surah Al-Ikhlas, Hadith says, it's equal to a third of the Quran. From start to finish, it speaks about Allah. It's only about Allah. That subject matter makes those ayat the best. So those parts of the Quran are the best parts of the Quran, the parts that speak about Allah directly. Understand? So what we're we saying now? We're speaking about nur Allah gives us. Nur is ilm, knowledge. The best of nur is the nur that Allah puts in the heart with regards to who Allah is. The more you know Allah's names and attributes, this is the best of knowledge you are acquiring. It's the best of nur that you're acquiring. The more nur that you are um, acquiring because this is the greatest knowledge. There's no knowledge that's better than knowledge of Allah Azza wa Jal. So, obviously, the more we have this, and the more we increase in general knowledge of Islam, the more nur is put in our hearts. Because al-ilm nur, knowledge is nur. And as the Salaf would say, it will not be accepted by a heart that is hard, is full of sin. That nur will be extinguished. That nur won't be accepted. And that's the importance of acting on knowledge. That's the importance of purifying yourself through your knowledge, giving up the sins, etc. and so forth. Um, the Sheikh gives some examples and he says, Ma'ani al-Azama wal-Kibriya wal-Jalal wal-Majd The meanings that we've studied of Azama, greatness, and Kibriya of grandeur and, and supremacy, majesty and Jalal and glory of Majd. This fills the heart with the nur of Hiba, of that, that your heart is now in awe of Allah. It's full of respect and full of awe for Allah. It's your heart understands the greatness of Allah. When we study the names that teaches us about Allah's uh, ikram, Allah's generosity, like Al-Karim and Al-Akram. We spoke about Al-Bar, which is the, what does Al-Bar mean? The most beneficent Al-Bar, Allah gives Al-Jamal, Allah's beauty. This fills the heart with love. And a longing desire to meet Allah. Because we know the, good, the goodness of Allah. The kindness of Allah. The love of Allah. When we see the meanings of Rahmah. And Ra'fah. Kindness. And Al-Lutf. 
Latif, that subtleties of Allah, this fills the heart with love. We love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we see all of the blessings and the love that Allah gives us and the mercy upon us. And it also fills our heart with shukr, praising Him and thanking Him and throwing gratitude to Him. These are the nur that we get from the names and attributes. When we see the names of or the meanings of uluhiyah, Allah's divinity, the oneness in worship, this fills the heart with the nur of servitude, of worship, that we strive to worship Allah alone. This is, this is nur and so forth. Um, so all of these names, they affect the heart in some way. The attributes, they affect the heart in some way. They fill the heart with different types of nur. Different types of nur. Until the heart becomes complete, full of nur, and this is how you become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is how you attain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll end off with a dua that Rasulullah sallallahu used to make. Allahumma ja'al fi qalbi nura. He used to say, Oh Allah, put nur in my heart. Wa fi sam'i nura. And in my hearing nur. And in my sight nur. Wa fi basari nura. Wa an yamini nura. Wa an shimali nura. Wa an min fawqi nura. Wa min tahti nura. And place nur on my right hand side, on my left hand side, above me, below me, and in front of me. Allahumma ja'alni nura. Oh Allah, make me Full of nur. Make me someone who is full of light. The hadith is in Bukhari um, and Muslim. Uh, then the Sheikh he says, when the heart is filled with this nur, when the heart is filled with the nur of Allah, it will be seen on the face of the believer. That he has nur on his face. And his limbs will follow. Your limbs will follow suit. You fulfill the wajibat, you fulfill that which Allah loves. And you stay away from that which Allah hates. The haram. And this is also proven in the hadith where Rasulullah said, لا يزني زاني حين يزني وهو مؤمن. The, the fornicated does not commit fornication or zina whilst he is fornicating except that he is in the state of iman. And he will not do this while he is a believer. ولا يسلق السارق حين يسلق وهو مؤمن. And the one, the thief, will not steal as a believer, in a state of Iman. And the same with the one who drinks Khamr. What does this mean? That when his Iman is strong and firm, he will not commit zina. Nor will he drink Khamr, nor will he steal, nor will he commit other sins. It's when the Iman drops and becomes low, and that nur kind of extinguishes, that's when the person enters into zina. That's when the person enters into the major sins and so forth. Because the, the nur in the heart is dying out. It's being extinguished by our sins, by the weakness of Iman. <coughs> but when we fill the heart with nur, then likewise our limbs will follow with abstain on the muharramat, the major sins, um, and so forth. So Allah tells us through this, the Prophet tells us through this hadith, that the major sins will not happen when the, the heart is filled with iman and nur. So at the end of the chapter we say that, the Sheikh says that, because Nur is the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's of his attributes as well, then definitely we can say that his deen is Nur. His messenger was Nur. His speech is Nur. And his Jannah will be full of Nur. And this Nur will also be found in the heart of the believer. And it will flow with the tongue of the believer. And it will be seen on the faces of the believers 
and also in the actions of the believers. And Allah SWT will perfect their nur on the day of Qiyamah. As Allah says in Surah Al-Tahreem, verse number 8, نُورُهُمْ يَسْعَى بَيْنَ أَيْدِهِمْ وَبِأَيْمَانِهِمْ Their nur will precede them from in front of them and from their right hand side. يَقُولُونَ They will say, this is after the end of paradise, رَبَّنَا أَتْمِمْ لَنَا نُورَنَا وَاغْفِرْ لَنَا Our Lord, perfect for us our nur. As they enter Jannah, it will be perfected. وَاغْفِرْ لَنَا Forgive our sins. إِنَّكَ عَلَى Indeed, you are able and competent over every single thing. Surah Tahrim. You can see verse number 8. Verse 7 or 8, what did I say? Are there any questions? Yes, it can. 8. Yes, it can. It's not a problem. You see, there are certain names which can be given as is, and there are certain names that cannot be given, depending on the meaning. Like, Ar-Rahman. This cannot be given except to Allah. Allah. Al-Wahid. Al-Ahad. The one and only, the unique one. The most merciful, or the entirely merciful, or Allah. Or Al-Ilah. The one deserved of worship. Those names cannot be given to anyone but Allah. Al-Hay, the ever-living. Al-Alim, the all-knowing. Do you understand? It cannot be given to anyone but Allah. But there are other names that can be given. And obviously what's meant is not the attributes of Allah. So like the name Mubin, like the name Karim, means generous. Mubin, one who makes things clear. Uh, nur, light. But we don't call him An-Nur, the light. Or the one who has perfect light and so Nur, you understand? So for you to have Nur, or be a person who strives for Nur, no problem. Uh, Mujib, Allah is Al-Mujib. But we don't name, we can't name another child Mujib, no problem. It's not the same like Al-Mujib. Um... Like Wahid, I would say Wahid. Allah alam, I would say Abdul Wahid. Abdul Wahid. You understand? Uh, because it's one and only, the unique one. This applies more to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah knows best. It's a, it's, a, it's a tricky line. There are some that's clear, there's some that may be a bit gray, grayish. I would say avoid those. If you like the name Wahid, Abdul Wahid. Abdul Ahad, Abdul Ilah, Abdullah, Abdul Rahman, and so forth. But there are other names the scholars say can go both ways, like Mujib, like Karim, um, <coughs> like Noor. It's not a problem. Um, yes. It's a lengthy ayah. So Allah starts with by saying Allah Nuru Samat al Then he goes on to speak about the Nur. About his Nur. Mathalu Nuri, Kamishkatin, etc. It's like a niche film Misbah, um, which is in a, a lamp. Well, Misbah is in a glass. 
It's a lengthy ayah. Allah speaks about the levels of the light. Then he says, Noorun ala noor, light upon light. Understand? Um, Naam. No, it's part of it. It's part of it. Yeah, I mean, when you do the tafsir of the ayah, it's a whole discussion on the stages of the light, what's meant by the light, and so forth. Allah knows best. Sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi jma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Shadu ala ilahi illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Yeah, but this is only one hour and 19 minutes.